welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we're recording on a day that we don't normally record on a Saturday. But you know what it made me think of, Sarah? What? Do you know that? You know that primary song that's like, Saturday is the special day day we get (laughs) Anyways, you guys are welcome for that. Now that's stuck in your head. Exactly. Um, But we have a very special reason for recording on a Saturday. And that's because we have, I'm going to use the same word again, special guest (laughs) on our show. Katie, do you want to introduce our really special guest? Yes, our special guest. We said special like 400 times already. But We need to to expand our vocabulary and think of different words. Our special, amazing, magical guest today (laughs) is Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. I do feel very special now that you've used special like seven times. (laughs) (laughs) As you should. Um, Yeah, we're super excited to record today with Lindsay. She is a patron, so we are very grateful for her Mm -hmm. and are super excited to hear your story and all these juicy details that I'm I'm really excited about. I won't spoil it because I'm going to let you get into your own story, obviously, but also the other topic that I was I'm just really curious about it and you guys will find out later. So I'm excited. Yes, she has some topics prepared for us to discuss, and we also want to learn a little bit about her story. So, Lindsay, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself or start wherever you'd like. Okay, the floor is yours. so, <laughs> so um, my name is Lindsay. I'm from Arizona, from a very small town, and um, I, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I was born into what they call the covenant. Do you guys know what that means? Yes, like your parents were sealed in the temple, right? Yes, yeah. I, my, my brother and I were both born into the covenant, and um, my parents got a divorce when I was about seven, or no, I was about five, and then um, we went through like real nasty divorce and everything. My mom, we stayed in the church, and we lived with my grandmother, and um, then when I was about in like sixth grade, my mom got remarried to my stepfather, and mm-hmm. kind of like my story really begins. I don't have a lot of memory from when I was younger. Um, but my story kind of begins when I was in high school. So my parents got remarried. We go to high school. It's such a small town that both my mom and my stepdad, uh, worked at the high school that I went to. So I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of like forced to be like the perfect Mormon child, um, for all of my friends. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to be annoying and and just ask a question to clarify. Did your mom, when she remarried your stepdad, is he also Mormon? He wasn't in the beginning. He ah. um, he got converted about like two years into their marriage. Okay. Okay. So okay. yeah. So like my brother and I were kind of per- supposed to be the perfect Mormon children for him, so that he mm. could know how to be a Mormon. You know. And oh so, yeah. You have to be the perfect example. Exactly. So like going out through high school, um, I was supposed to be the mer- perfect Mormon child. I was always called like. Uh, the what's it called like the narc if you were talking about like smoking or doing drugs or drinking you couldn't do it around me because I was like a narc both my parents lived at the high school that was Sarah Um, when she was in um college right Sarah you were like no one can drink around me yes yeah (laughs) yeah that's like my senior year I got invited to like my first party 
and um, I went to the party and I was like hanging out and the popular guys showed up and they were like are we allowed to drink like Lindsay's here (laughs) and I was like oh okay like I'll just leave like it's not a problem so I like left but it was it was awful and like of course you know I didn't date till I was 18 and you know I only went on on double dates things like that and had seminary at 7:30 in the morning every morning oh. and like I was like the perfect uh, poster child for the Mormon church in my town you were the perfect Molly Mormon <laughs> yes yeah, I was I <laughs> <laughs> um and then like my senior year of high school which like I turned 18 and everything and um my current boyfriend he like reached out to me and we were talking and uh he asked me to prom and then we started dating and we're still together. It's been almost five years now. Oh, yeah. he's not Mormon. Uh, he's Christian, but, um, doesn't really practice as much, but he, uh, he was a big influence in me and me coming out and, you know, getting away from Mormonism. Oh, good. But, um, my senior year, I was still convinced that, um, I needed to, still be a good Mormon, you know, like I was, I was convinced, like I could, I could turn him and, you know, he would go to the temple and everything. I was convinced. And so I actually went to BYU Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yes. That's the best BYU to go to. I would say, I would say if you're going to go to a BYU, at least go to the one that's in like this tropical paradise. (laughs) Yeah. It was beautiful. Like I loved the campus. I loved being close to the ocean it was gorgeous. I made lots of really nice friends. I don't like, I've heard your guys' stories about Utah, about BYU, Utah, and I don't like to compare it because it's not the same type of um, atmosphere. Oh, it's totally. Like, oh, like, it's like a little bit more inclusive. There's still a lot of white people, but like it was a little more inclusive. They had people from all over the world. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I definitely picked the wrong BYU then. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it was the best, but I mean, so I, I graduate high school and I go to BYU-Hawaii. And while I'm there, um, the change in the atmosphere gets me really sick. I, I start developing chronic migraines. Uh-huh. And um, I have to go have like a have a CAT scan done on my head. And they're like, well, we can't tell what's wrong with you. Mm. And um, they like put me on different kinds of medication. And at the time, like um, my grades were doing really bad. And, like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to, like I said, being the perfect Mormon child. So I always had straight A's in high school. So I was really depressed. And, um, like, the church, they didn't really care about that. You know, they don't care about how you feel mentally as long as you're going to church and stuff, you know. Right. Um, So I was really depressed. My grades were doing bad. I had these chronic headaches. Um, I was away from my family. For, like, half a year, I didn't know anybody. Mm. And, um... I was completely flunking, like, all my classes. So come, like, the third semester, I finally make friends, and I moved into, like, a dorm where they're all there. So, like, I'm feeling really good about the semester. I'm feeling really positive. And um, the doctors come back, and they say, well, you know, we think that you're just addicted to caffeine because you've been taking, like, Excedrin your whole life. (gasps) Oh. What? So, yeah, because I had these headaches since I was 14, um, and so oh I would just take Excedrin to deal with them. Oh, um, my God. But then they blame. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So they blame caffeine. So then they tell me, like, um, we're going to kick you out of school. What? <gasps> yeah. 
so they they write me this letter and they say, okay, like you can't come back until you get your headaches and under control, and um, you know all this stuff. They're like, you need to go home. Um, you're failing all your classes. This isn't working. And so like I'm devastated. So uh-huh. I like write a whole letter. I'm like, I understand. Like this is hard, but I'm doing so much better. You know, I finally made friends. They're like, no, you need to go home and get your headaches under control. <gasps> oh, so, how does the university have, like, a say-so in that? Is it because they're private? Like, I mean, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Like, it's not their decision to make, is I it? Know. Um, they said that it was because of my grades. So I kind of, like, was like, okay, whatever, I'll just deal with it. Yeah. So I go home. Um, I, I'm a mess. I go home to oh, my, my mom's house and, you know, everything like just seems to be failing. So I get a job working at Pizza Hut cause I used to do, I used to do hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I love doing it, but when I got back home, I was like, I haven't been doing it for like half a year. I don't think I'm good enough. So I just went in a waitress for a while. And at that time I wasn't going to church because I was like, the church kicked me out of school like they didn't give me a second chance like they clearly don't care about mm-hmm. people so I wasn't going to church my mom was like all pissy about that and stuff um but I so my boyfriend leaves for um basic training so you know how like in the army they leave it's like three months you don't hear from them yeah and so that didn't help with my depression so I, I was just an absolute wreck and oh. he comes out of the army and he's he's great he's a totally different person and we start talking about our future and everything. So his first duty station was to um, uh, North, um, South Korea. Wow. And he was there for a year. And when he came back, he got the word that he was going to be moving to New York, which is where he's at now. Oh. So um, I decided that I was going to leave um, Arizona and move here and live with my father, who I do live with right now. And then that's kind of where I realized, like, the church doesn't really care about anything that you really do. Um, mm-hmm. So I... Unless it's about you not giving them money, right? And yeah, yeah, exactly. Gonna say. <laughs> so, like, I, I had stopped going, you know, um, everybody in my hometown had, like, re- spread these really nasty rumors about me. Um, <gasps> saying like oh she she failed or she you know she she was just a terrible mormon and she didn't go to the temple or she didn't pray oh. enough when she was in BYU Hawaii I am and... so sorry that is so <laughs> awful and I feel like I you know coming from a little mormon town myself I feel like I can relate to that feeling of rumors being spread yeah. about you and it was totally out of your control too like they didn't know about your chronic migraines and you were trying your best and you were trying to be you know going to BYU and being that mormon girl that you were expected to be and then they just gossip about you I mm-hmm. hate that culture so much exactly there's nothing supportive about that at all like no I just can't handle the hypocrisy like if you're going to sit on your high horse and say that you're like such a Christ-like people and you're about charity and love then where the fuck was that charity in this situation like where was the support and love and empathy and understanding that this was something that was literally not anything you can control. Like it's a chronic condition, like and that on top of you're away from family, you're feeling right. depressed. Like 
I just can't. Ha- and then they're spreading rumors. I just, it drives me bonkers. Like my, I can't, I can't handle it. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah, it's absolutely I'm on my soapbox nuts. already, Lindsay. I'm already yeah, Go there. right ahead. I mean, I'd be up there with you. It was, it was ridiculous. And so I moved across the country. Um, I got a job working at Supercuts and um, I met um, my current best friend. She, uh, she introduced me into, um, to practicing witchcraft which is what I practice now. So um, she kind of told me like, hey, like, why don't you just try looking into it? I know you're having a lot of issues with your mental health and it does really help a lot. Of course, I do see, I see a therapist and everything and I I work through my issues that way, which is the best way in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so she introduced me into that. And then um, when I, when COVID hit and I heard about all the money that the church had that they didn't, help people at all with mm-hmm. and um you know all the issues around the country um with with the black lives matter movement and how they were standing out and the church wasn't saying anything about it even through all the racist past i i knew that it was time for me to have myself removed from the church yeah so <laughs> so i was officially i officially had my name removed um Last month, the letter like came through saying that I was. Oh my god! Oh, congrats! Which took so long. Oh my goodness! (laughs) But that's 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 amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So then, like when that happened, I mean, like I went through like a total shift change. Um, I took out everything that I had from my room that still had me as a part part of being Mormon and like threw it in the trash. I I mean, I burned my patriarchal blessing and okay how was that was that did you feel any sense of like oh my goodness fear or guilt or was it just liberation no, it was so liberating um I like took a video of myself while I did the whole thing and I tell you like I was in yeah, I was in tears oh. but it was like the best feeling I've ever had oh wow oh yeah. my god that takes a lot of courage you know yeah, there it does about like us getting rid of things from our Mormon past and you still sometimes almost feel that little bit of like oh no is this blasphemous to get rid of it but you just went for it and burned fucker good job (laughs) well I had I also had one of those books do you know the books that they give to the young women to fill out yes Mm -hmm. yeah I had one of those and I threw it in the trash and I was like oh my gosh why am I just throwing this away like I should keep it like but I was like no 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 I can't I can't hold on to that so I like took a glass of of water and I just dumped it on top of it so I wouldn't be tempted to pull it back out oh my god because I was like I I just can't yeah Yeah. oh that's incredible and I don't know if I would have the courage to do that but I'm I'm happy that you did it (laughs) I still have my Mormon scriptures just because I'm like I don't know what to do with them like I obviously I you know Katie and I both have our names uh, like taken off the records as well like Mm -hmm. it's been removed and you know I'm fine with it it's just like I think the scriptures and things like that are tied with what like my mom bought me and I just feel so guilty like I feel bad burning the scriptures that she bought me or like putting it out in like the trash can what if someone picks it up and then they're like oh Mormonism maybe yeah. <laughs> and I'm like I cannot be responsible for that 
it's oh. not funny how there's like that sentimental tie to a lot of this stuff yeah. especially since mm-hmm. we all we grew up in it and so yeah then there's like the ties to our family and it really kind of messes with your mind in that way too it's not just about the belief but about the people in your life yeah. that either bought you these things or your memories with these things so it really is a lot of like deeply rooted entrenched like brainwashing essentially yeah exactly yeah I left all of my scriptures and stuff that my mom bought me with her I told her I was like I don't want these like you can keep them I mean and then for Christmas this past year my brother came out to visit us and she like sent a Christmas present with with my brother uh-huh. And it was a Book of Mormon and a <gasps> necklace that said faith on it. And I was like, no, oh, both of these are going in the trash. No. Yeah. Oh and I mean, God. like, that was the hardest part to get over was, like, my family finding out. Because, like, we have, like you guys have said, it, it's crazy that people hold you at such a high horse if you have, like, Joseph Smith ties, which we did. Like, so we were, oh. like, very high up there in the the Mormon, what do you call it? The like the hierarchy, yeah, yes. you had like ancestry that t- traced back to the <laughs> holy prophet J Dog, <laughs> exactly. And so it was, it was really tough for me to to do it. And so I like talked to my therapist. I was like, I don't know, they're gonna find out. Like someone's gonna tell them, and I don't know what what I'm gonna do. And like it took me almost like half a year to finally just do it and say like, I don't care what happens if I do it. Wow, and how right did on you? Yeah, because Sarah and I have this conversation quite often that we, I mean, we're in our 30s. We're a bit older than you. Not not that we're old, but hey. Um, okay. And we still have family members that we have not had that discussion with because no. of how severely difficult that is to do. And for you to be able to do that so, like, relatively quickly is honestly, like, really amazing to me because it's so hard. And it's something that Sarah and I talk about, yeah, like, all the time of that's maybe one of the reasons we don't promote our podcast on our personal social media is because of that pushback from family. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm very impressed. Like, and and I think uh, I kind of feel a bit guilty because I kind of have this, you know, distance between me that keeps it so that it's easy for me not to discuss it really. Like, I mean, I live across the world and like, you know, I only visit once a year if that. And so I really only have to deal with it then. Like if I I don't talk about it on on the phone with my family and stuff like that. But the other day, I will say like I, I basically it's a long story, but um, I have a, I have two nieces that I just found out about from, a, it's a long story anyways. And they, um, I was like, should I invite them to listen to the podcast? Because they don't know me. Like this is, you know, been 32 years of my life that I didn't even know that I had these two nieces. And so like, do I, do I ask that, you know, do I, dare I like send the invite to them or like start following them on Instagram? And I just decided, like, fuck it, you know, my other family, I keep it from them. But, you know, this is a fresh slate and I want to have, like, this out there that this is who I am. But then I'm not that brave because when my niece did message and say, like, oh, I love the podcast. I was like, thanks, but no one else in the family knows about it. Keep it, keep it a secret. But, you know, I'm, I'm so brave. I did at least that. No. 
Um, yeah, so my my tangent is to say I'm very impressed that you and, and just I think it's really brave and it's inspiring um, that you're just able to do it after six months. Is that what you said? Yeah, it was about six months, almost a oh. year, maybe. But it was it was a lot. It was very tough to get through. I mean, there were days when I, we would just we would talk and I would just be in tears. And she was like, well, I can't let you leave like this. Like, you're a mess. And she's like, well, you you got to, like, calm down. And I was always the child that cried for everything. Mm. Um, and it was it was really rough. But, like, going into the first topic on um, toxic masculinity, which was we were going to talk about. Um, so a lot of my – a lot of that issue um, with talking to people about this – about coming out of Mormonism in my family um, actually comes from the women. My, my grandmother um, was very – controlling as you could say and uh, my mom is kind of the same same way she like follows in her footsteps mm-hmm. and I didn't find this out till recently um, my uncle had reached out to me saying oh hey I heard you got out like that's so great um, and you know this is like kind of stories of how how I ended up realizing that it was a scam you know mm-hmm. and um, so I kind of figured out like that the, the women is, it's the hardest part for them because, you know, we as women, we hold on to our femininity and, and when you're in the church, it's so masculine it, everything that you uh-huh. do is very masculine. You know, you abide by these set of rules. You are told by a man what to do. You are, you know, everything. And I was listening to your guys' last few podcasts and a lot of it touched on what I was going to touch on today. And so, you know, there's like, Four different, there's five different ranges. There's toxic masculinity. There's masculinity, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like being neutral. Then there's being feminine and then toxic feminine femininity. You know, everything that, that men have tried to do is to push us down and to try to make it seem like being feminine is a bad thing, which it's mm. not. Um, and I found especially actually, for, especially for men, right? Like, yeah, like women are kind of expected, especially in, I would say like, the church and in traditional, uh, you know, areas like that, they're supposed to be very like the traditional feminine gender role. But if a man is seen as feminine in any way, it's very, very much looked down upon, which I think is where that toxic masculinity comes in. Like they're expected to never, ever show emotion or do anything that is quote unquote feminine, which is bullshit as we know. Yep. Yes, exactly. And like, Going back into that, the um, there I actually found a website. I'd have to find it and send it to you guys. But there's like a whole group of people trying to push for um, teaching these vital areas in a person's life to children and teaching about how masculinity can become toxic. Because you know, when you're born and you grow up, there's no defined male or female characteristics in your brain. It's how you're raised, which is really interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting that I think every person can have a range of how they develop those traits. And it's not necessarily like with whatever chromosomes you were born with. Right. And so, but society and religion tells you exactly how you're supposed to behave, even Mm -hmm. though that's maybe not how you are, are inclined to be or do or think or act or whatever, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so when I finally got out of, um, 
Mormon, Mormonism. And I started looking for uh, something different to practice because I, um, I don't really believe in, you know, there's one God and everything. I don't, I don't really see that anymore. Um, I know a lot of people do, but that's not really who I am. And, um, you know, I kind of found myself like clinging to anything that had to do with being a woman and, you know, like any way that I could focus my energy into being more feminine because we, I had been pushed down for so long by this masculine religion that mm-hmm. I really trust, like entrusted my like life into something feminine. So I, I started out um, practicing Wicca, which is very, um, very feminine. They, they worship very feminine gods and um, uh, it's like a witchcraft based religion that establishes their faith through um, practicing uh, in different times of the year. And so they focus on the, um, which is like the male and the female gods and god and goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really clinged mostly to the female until I realized like you need a balance of both within mm. your life. And um, like, so I kind of pushed away from that and just decided to go with being a pagan who practices witchcraft, which um, it's not as bad as like a lot of people say. I mean, everybody that I've told. I mean, everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, when we were Mormons and you hear the word pagan or witchcraft, you're like, oh, it's obviously the devil. And then you're like, wait, pagans pagans don't believe in the Christian devil. So Mm -hmm. exactly. But that's like (laughs) your first instinct as a a Mormon is like if anyone was like were to say like, oh, I, I practice witchcraft or you know, I'm a pagan or whatever, then it's like, oh, don't even talk to me. Don't even be around me because <laughs> demons are going to possess me. And like, I, you know, I'm opening the door for Satan to come in. I even that, talking that's to you. such a common phrase. You're opening the door. Yep. Yeah. It's either that or like, can you hex my ex-boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> but can you? Well, I mean, I can teach you how to. <laughs> I mean, let's hex all of them. All There's of them, been, right? like, so I kind of got more into it over the past year. And I've, like, I everybody that asks, I kind of tell them, like, oh, I've been practicing for a year. Even though it's probably been a little bit more than that. Um, I, I focus on um, reading tarot and making my own spells. So, I, actually, I have um, a website myself that I'm working on. It's called Leathers Witchery. And I, I do post a bit about um, witchcraft and I, I also sell tarot reading. So I, I'm such a basic bitch. Can you even just kind of give me like a brief history lesson on tarot reading and like tarot cards? Because like, I really don't, I don't know anything other than what I've seen in TV. Yeah, of course. So tarot has been around since like Roman history, I believe, or Greek history. Um, and you know it consists of a 78 card deck that's used mostly for divination it's pulled um it was originally like made as a game like you you were supposed to play a game out of it but um it's pulled to um to tell you like based on your intuition so Mm -hmm. then you can use it then to um read yourself or others have Mm -hmm. either of you ever had a tarot reading i have not no you have Uh not I have and I actually I was um I went through a period of my life where I was super into like 
not necessarily Wicca, but like witchcraft kind of stuff. So I actually bought a tarot deck. Mine was unicorns because oh, okay. hi. Um, and so, anyways, what I enjoyed about it for myself, which um, because I personally like, no offense to anyone who like believes any differently than me, but I um. For me, it was about in like looking inside myself and having a moment of introspection and trying to if you know you pull a card and it says something or whatever it is. Um, for me, it was about movement and not necessarily anything like supernatural. So that's my experience with like the tarot. Yeah, it's more exactly. like that side of it. Yeah, yeah, that's more like what it is for. I mean, a lot of people. When I do my readings, I have a lot of people that come and they're like, oh, I'm talking to this guy. Can you tell me if he's going to be the one? And I'm like, um, okay, well, all the cards are telling me that you need to do some personal self-work. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. think he's the one, but, like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, every single reading like, I have. It's not like it's literal fortune telling. And, no. you know, it, it, people still just choose their own path regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just but, about to ask, like, what the different what difference was between like fortune telling and tarot tarot card reading. But like, yeah, I guess that's it. Can so if I'm understanding correctly, like, you can discuss possibilities in the future, but like, you still choose your own path. Like, it's not like set in stone that this will happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like, like how you see in the movies and like the the lady pulls a card and then is like, you're going to see a black cat today and then you'll die at 515. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's not like that at all. It's more like um, being able to like connect with your higher self. And that's what a lot of people use it for. Do you feel um, it seems like I've been just seeing more and more posts about like, kind of like funny memes but they're they're kind of you know make sense too of like women are I, I saw one that said something like oh my god witchcraft is such a trend like girls are just doing it to be trendy and wear black lipstick and then the response was no maybe women just want to reclaim their power and they're leaving traditional like patriarchal religions and I thought that was so great like don't you feel like some these types of like ways of practicing spirituality are so much more feminist than the yes. traditional ways of practicing. Mm-hmm, exactly. And like that, I was going to talk on that a little bit that, um, you know, coming back to the toxic masculinity thing, um, finding your way to practice this and, you know, practice the way that you feel is best for you is more about what witchcraft is than anything else, you know, casting a spell, like a spell, it's not getting, a tongue of your ex-boyfriend and you know <laughs> putting it in a pot and then hoping something happens it's more like <laughs> it's more like setting your intention into what you're doing and noticing how your body feels in the moment and I do find that like society yes it's become kind of a bit of a trend to be a witch but I think it's more that like um you know how people always say, well, oh, like the Simpsons predicted that this was going to happen. I think it's more like um, society predicting that, you know, things are going to change. There's going to be a huge change in, in energies in the world through religion aspects. And I mean, we see that already with like the results of how the election's going, things are Mm going to change. But, um, you know, I, I think that 
society and TV and like movies and stuff are pushing towards more people understanding that spirituality doesn't just have to be the way that a man tells you how to believe it can be however you want. Right. Yeah. And there's, yeah, it's like you said, like a change and sort of Mm -hmm. what it feels like to me is like an uprising or maybe like a revolting of all these women and people who have been oppressed for so long by, I'm just going to say it, Christianity. Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) You know, Um, I do have the, sorry, again, my basic bitch questions, because I I don't know anything I've listened to Katie you we did an episode I think like two Halloweens ago talking about witchcraft where you educated me but I still oh yeah I think we talked about um Samhain right like yeah exactly yeah that was fascinating like I think it's yeah I'm just it's really interesting because again all I know is from like Mormon years or watching things on TV so of course it's like either negatively influenced or it's like exaggerated because it's on Hollywood so I guess like my question is and I think I got this from this is embarrassing I think I I remember this from American Horror Story um the coven yeah exactly where I was like wow I learned so much from this I don't even know if it's true, any of it. I don't know. I didn't even Google it. I was just like, wow. But I do, is, is, I guess one of my questions is from what I, again, my very basic knowledge, is witchcraft is also about balance. Is yeah. that correct? As in, like, if you do a spell or something, like, anything that you do when you practice witchcraft, it has to be about balance. Yep. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, so that that is correct. So, like we were like I was saying in in worshiping and people a lot of people choose to worship specific deities either dating back to like um Grecian views or anything like that and you know I always say that it's best to make sure you you have a balance between the masculine and feminine um energies that you see and then also um I like to work with the natural elements. So making sure that I'm balanced within like, you know, the feelings of being grounded with the earth. And, you know, understanding that, like, water um, symbolizes more like an emotional change because it's so liquidity and things can change so quickly with with, um, with water. And being able to understand how you balance those elements within yourself is really um, tough in the beginning. You, you can feel very drained. You can feel um, extremely lost. It, it's very tough. But, like, yeah, it's all about balance. And, I mean, there's, there's a rule in... Um, Wicca, which I actually got tattooed on my fingers. I have three little dots on each of my fingers, and it stands for um, the rule of three, which is that which you put out will come back to you threefold. So it's about focusing your energy um, into the things that you're actually looking for in life instead of, you know, like trying to negatively affect that person who cut you off while you were driving. You don't, you know, that's going to come back to you. Mm. So it, yeah, it's all very, about balance. And that's a pretty common, I think, in many cultures and stuff, yeah. that that type of thinking of what you put out like comes karma. back, which makes people, yeah, it makes people want to do good for their fellow human beings and for the earth, for example. I know that um, people I've, I've met who've practiced witchcraft really um, hold the the earth as sacred, which I think is really important because it is our home. And it should be treated well, which a lot of, you know, like traditional religions don't even talk about environmentalism whatsoever, which is no. 
crazy, you know. So I think that's another really interesting part that I can get behind is the, you know, treat the earth good because it's where we live and we need it to stay around. Yeah, it, it's definitely important. And I can actually kind of, you know, you guys were talking in the last episode about um, uh, the Lori Vallow case. Mm. I've been following that for a while, and I, I kind of see um, that when that case comes to trial, I see a lot of negative things coming about out about the church. Oh, my God. Yeah, because she was saying such crazy stuff She's, about the church. Yeah. That, like, is even in the scriptures, though, which is kind of nuts. And when you're just like, oh, she was just reading straight from the Book of Mormon, and she sounds so crazy, but it wasn't really that far off from the real exactly. scriptures. <laughs> and I mean... The church is going to deny it tooth tooth and nail, you know, as much as they can. And that goes back to, like, the way that they tried to change their branding. I think that a lot of that also came from that. Mm -hmm. And um, but when that case comes out and comes to trial, it's going to be a shit show for the church. Do you know when that trial is? Because I don't I haven't supposed to be in January. Oh, my God, it's taking forever. Yeah. Well, they might even extend it because they're trying to move the case. But, I mean, there's, like, people all over the Internet who have done research into it. And they're like, well, actually, like, everything that they're saying is in the Book of Mormon. So, like, I don't understand why we're pushing them so hard. Like, yes, what they did was horrible. But the church is literally teaching people these values. I know. Yeah. And it so, is, like, like, a recipe for creating these horrible is. situations. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it gives me the chills. So, Um, like, coming down to that, witchcraft isn't bad. If you see somebody who you think is a witch, talk to them. It's not a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I, I, so this is an embarrassing memory I have, but um, in high school, in my prime, well, I was pretty Molly Mormon then, but then I also had a little phase where I was like, high school not... was everybody's prime Mormon years. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember in my in my AP U.S. history class, the image is so vivid. Uh, we had to sit in alphabetical order, and the girl in front of me, her last name also started with an L, and everyone teased her, which I thought was just like so mean. Um, because she was different and just, you know, a bit of an outsider. And I remember they always had this, like, they're like, you better watch out because she's going to curse you. She's a witch. And I was like, what? And I I saw once that she had, um, uh, this is a basic bitch again. Is it a pentagon? No, not a pentagon. Uh, and, um, a pentagram? Pentagram. Pentagram. Yeah, sorry. On her backpack. And my little Molly Mormon self was like, oh, my God, she's evil. And I sit so close to her. She is going to curse me, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, But I remember, like, thinking, like, I have to be nice to her and, like, definitely talk to her because she's going to, like, you know, put a spell on me and she's a witch and she's evil and blah, blah, blah. And later, even before I left the church, I remember thinking, like, how silly is that? Like, she never did anything mean at all. Like... It's just whatever she wants to believe. But because I had that deeply rooted Mormon doctrine, like in Christianity just as well, like being in the South, like that was huge to have anyone who wasn't Christian in our class. So it was like automatically, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think exactly your point is that if you meet someone who practices witchcraft or anything that's just not even Christian, like 
doesn't matter unless they're saying that they hate people and they want to murder someone. Who gives a fuck what they believe yeah. in? You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, still. Yeah, and as long as they're not trying to force you to believe it as well, and they're not trying to like make you like force laws to make you practice their religion, then who who the hell really cares, right? Exactly. <laughs> like they there's another saying in um, in Wicca as well, and it's do um, do no harm, do what you will. Mm-hmm. And as long as I think as long as you're not hurting anybody, I mean, who cares? Go ahead and do what you want. Like yeah. Yeah, you have to ask, does your mom know? Um, I believe she does know. I, I haven't ex- actually asked her, but I was actually going to say, like, when I decided to move here, that's one of the things that she told me. She was like, don't you go practicing that witchcraft now when you're back east? Because what? we have really, yeah, we have really strong ties to the Salem witch trials. My <gasps> great, 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 great uncle is actually John Proctor. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, so it's, like, kind of in my blood. That's actually really, like, kind of crazy, but I love... I mean, I wasn't thinking I about it when I moved here, and she was like, don't you go practicing that witchcraft now? And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then okay, you well, sorry, Mom. <laughs> I know, you're in, like, the perfect area, you know. Whenever I think of witchcraft or witchy things, I definitely think of the area where you live. I know that's way stereotypical, but you know. Southern New England, yeah, that's (laughs) what it is mostly here. It's a great place to do all that too. Like they have, before COVID hit, they had a lot of um, different, like, what do you call, like conferences that you could go to. And there was a lot of people that would read tarot there and then you could buy things and they would have like different classes and stuff. And it was really cool. It's definitely a cool area to do to do all that in. Um, I I've been to Salem a couple times. I want to take my boyfriend, but you know because of COVID, it's really tough right now. Yeah. Um, but like the few times that I have been to Salem, we actually went and saw the gravestone where John Proctor was buried, and I I do remember seeing that and being very overwhelmed with like emotions. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to go visit there too. I haven't. Oh, it's so yeah, cool. Too. It'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I have a question. I don't know if this is stupid or not, yeah. but um, is there such thing as like a secular or atheist witch? Someone who wants to maybe like connect with themselves or the elements without believing in something supernatural or a deity of any kind? Yep. There's so there's all kinds of witches. There's um, atheist witches. You could just pick what you want. Usually at that point, they kind of um, will define themselves by a different name. I don't really know which one it is, but there's mm-hmm. there's even like um, Christian witches. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's people who worship the Christian God and Jesus and, you know, they practice witchcraft along with that. And I've seen oh, a lot of, I've really? met a lot of people actually that find that it makes their faith even stronger. That's so interesting. Huh. Yeah. So you could really be any religion and practice witchcraft. Witchcraft isn't really a religion. It's just the practice of, you know, witchy things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All the cool witchy things. I watched Hocus Pocus the, cool the other day, and it was just amazing. It never gets old. <laughs> That's a good one. I love Hocus. I'm, I'm obsessed. Any of those. I'm just like... Good old practical magic, too. I love it. <laughs> practical magic. Every time I think of it, I want a margarita. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. Um, is there anything else that you wanted, that you had that you wanted to share before we wrap up? No, that's all I have for you guys. This is wonderful. 
Oh yeah, my God, thank you, you were, so much. You taught us so much, and I felt like that was a fun. It was a very different kind of conversation than we normally have, but I loved the path that it took, and I feel like a lot of our listeners will will think it's great. So thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having yeah. me on. It's it'll be. I think it'll be a really great episode to resonate maybe with a different um, group of listeners that we normally have because I think quite common with leaving ex like the Mormon church you kind of follow a similar ish path and I Mm -hmm. think this is a obviously you had some of the similar path but then you have a different one as well which I think is it's it's great I think it's really interesting and it shows the diversity of of our little community I know like no one no one does it all the same right it's yeah it's really amazing you guys have really built a wonderful community. Like I have to say, it's just absolutely fantastic. Oh, oh I love it. Yeah, too. we love it. We're pretty proud of it. We love all of you listening. Oh my God, we're getting so emotional. <laughs> I am, but it's so true. Like every week, Katie and I, off the record, just talk about how grateful we are for this community that we have that like we are able to, like I, it just, it was always that element that you couldn't really find when you left the church, you know, mm-hmm. like you felt lost and confused. And now we have all of these people around the world that feel the exact same way as us and have gone through such similar things. And we get to meet really cool people like you, Lindsay. So Thank you. I, I think it's amazing. Me too. I second all of that. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening and we will be back next week. So have a good one. Bye. Thanks. Bye.